Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA podcast presented by Lee Ning. I am Matthew Wellington and I'm joined tonight once again by my partner in crime, Mike Miller. Hello, partner in crime. got shoes on this time. Uh, actually, I'm barefoot. Anyway, oh, you're well, barefoot? Yeah. Oh, it's, that, that makes a change for Mike Miller. Yeah, well, you know, it's the winter, so naturally the heating's come on and I'm in shorts and t-shirt. You're either one shoe or two shoes, it depends, yeah, depends um, on what mood you're in. Yeah. Depends if it's post-season or regular season. It's it's <laughs> no shoe Wednesday. It is Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we've got a bit of a story to tell, a little bit of a story to tell. Um, I sat down last night with Josh Coyne, our resident Boston Celtics guru, um, to do a podcast. We got 30, 40 minutes in and then the UK's internet decided it was not going to play ball with us. And um, yeah, it put us some stout defense and stopped us from producing a what was actually quite a nice and, and well-flowing show at the time. Um, so this is the second attempt this week. Um, so if I get any of the dates wrong or whatever, then I apologise, but I've still got it in my mindset that the Boston Celtics beat the Dallas Mavericks last night and when it was, in fact, two nights ago. So <laughs> we'll get there in the end, but I'm sure Mike will um, will correct me at some point. But anyway, it's been a bit of a bonkers week since we, uh, we last did a pod. Um, yeah, so much has happened. We're going to talk all kinds of things today. We've also got Boston to mention, like I just said. Uh, we're going to highlight maybe Lonzo Ball a little bit um, later on, and then we're, we're going to talk some Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because the 76ers are a lot of fun at the moment. But if we just go back through the past week in the NBA, it has been pretty much chaos, um, which is why it's the best league in the world, I think it's safe to say. Um, Dallas somehow inexplicably, inexplicably beat the pants off the Milwaukee Bucks. 111 to 79. They managed to, and I say managed to, they held Giannis Antetokounmpo to 24 points in 17 rebounds, that which is holding him to something because it's not <laughs> over 30 points, which is what he's been averaging this year, which sounds mental to say. Yeah, he, he is just, he's ridiculous. Um, but this is this is where the Bucks, I think, need to really make one of those Antetokounmpo strides in stepping their game up because they want to be an elite team. And they're not quite there yet, and it's worrying when you can't put away the garbage teams, which Dallas now are a garbage team in my mind. Yeah, and they lost again to the Wizards on Sunday night, or I think it was. I'm still getting confused as to what night it was, but they lost by 10 points to the Wizards the other night, and they looked good after the Birdsoe trade. I think they won three in a row. They beat my Lakers um, quite convincingly, even though Lonzo Ball got a triple-double that game, and then they beat the Grizzlies, but... Um, yeah, it'll all come together for them. I'm sure it's still a, still a sort of early growing pains for them. Um, the Sacramento Kings have won four games, um, <laughs> which is really impressive considering they have the worst offense in the NBA and the 28th ranked defense, which is terrible. Yeah, absolutely terrible. I think Joe and I spoke about them on the was it the last pod? I can't remember when we last podded, but uh, <laughs> two weeks ago. I think. Two no, but anyway, I don't, I don't, Joe, really Joe and I spoke about it. It must have been last week. And it was just, you look at that roster and when you, you, you've got your top scorer getting 12, 13 points and he's, he's, at, you know, Zach Randolph at his age leading the team in scoring. No, no, stop. The yeah, alarm bells should a, be ringing. It's a weird mixing pot of old guys and very, very young guys. I, I, there. I think it's good though, in the sense that this is, they're obviously not competing this year. They, they haven't, you know, even if they were competing, they're not competing. Um, and having the the old heads on the roster is really good for these young guys who are going to come up. You know, they're going to they're going to be hardened by all these losses, but at least they're going to have some you know, really good leadership from Randolph, who's known for implementing cultures. And as soon as 
they move on from that, they that team can start to grow. But uh, it's just going to be a, a bit of a train wreck for a while. I guess the bright spot for them is just how well De'Aaron or how you know how how De'Aaron Fox has just adapted straight to the NBA. Like he's just he's going to be a player. Give give him the keys to the franchise. I think I said last time. Let him go. Just just hand it over. Yeah, hand over the Porsche. Yep, <laughs> give him the Porsche. Oh wait, it's the Kings. Are they a Porsche? What, what are they, Chevrolet? Maybe we got we got downgraded. Ford yet, Focus. <laughs> put it in a British perspective yeah. it's definitely a Ford Focus or a Mondeo <laughs> is it a, what are they a KA or a car was it the, the little ones that are tin cans oh yeah they look like uh, Joel Embiid could crush them with his finger yeah yeah uh, no offence yeah. to anyone who owns one of those delightful <laughs> cars um, the Utah Jazz lost Rudy Gobert and they look really bad without him um, I think it was obvious to say the Thunder blew a 23 point lead to the Spurs which was hilarious to watch Orlando I'm fortunate to say I'm sorry Sean Guest but they're back to their normal self they look like the team that we kind of expected them to be um, and coming into the season this is why you don't get excited this early in the season because no, you just, you just get your legs get cut excited. from under you it, hey, yeah, look, if, if, we didn't, if we didn't get excited Lonzo Ball wouldn't have a career <laughs> that, that's, that's very true and uh, the latest article I've written is about the very small sample size we've seen already this season So, and I'm definitely excited about that but that, we'll get onto that later um, but is it a coincidence or has the return of Alfred Payton just absolutely ruined this team <laughs> <laughs> he's just turned up and sucked all momentum yeah. from the court so he, play, yeah, they, no, he, right. he played the first two games they were one on one one and one rather not one on one. Um, since he's come back, they've lost. Well, they've lost seven of the last nine, and six of those games has had Peyton involved. I just, yeah, I just don't think that he's right for them. Five in a row at the moment. Jonathan, the Isaac's out, and Vucevic has just stopped being a beast. Do you think he's tired? Do you think they, they, you know the? the <laughs> yeah, that one game, <laughs> that game against the Cavs, <laughs> tired him out. I'm sorry, that's it. Like the 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 adrenaline of the new season. You've been waiting all summer. You've been working out. You're ready to go. Yeah, new season's here. Three, four weeks into it, you're like, yeah, season's here. Oh. You know, f- yeah, three games, four nights, lots of travel, getting to people. But I don't so know. Basically, what you're saying is got, he got a one-time boost, and he used that one-time boost in that one game. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've, someone said a few weeks ago on the pod, I think it was Jordan and Joe's pod, uh, whether they should sell high on Vucevic. Uh, I Free the think Vucevic. this ship has sailed. You, yeah. That stock is on the slide. He's been one of those guys who's just sort of floated for like the last three years. Yeah. Sounds wrong saying that, but he has. Um, Chicago beat the Charlotte Hornets in a crazy game where Kemba Walker had 47 points and missed the game-winning layup. Yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> Which is I think ridiculous. You'd have got, yeah. If you'd have said Chicago won the game against the Charlotte Hornets and left it there, I think people would have reacted the same. <laughs> it's just... Uh, well, they blew a 19-point lead to the Lakers last night, so... Uh, yeah. That that place is. Uh, think of another English car. Give me something here. <laughs> <laughs> Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, yeah. Exactly. That is a perfect analogy. Um, yeah. Mm. Charlotte, all right though this year. See, Dwight Howard had a twenty twenty last night. I think it was. No, it wasn't last night because we've already had this conversation. There was only one game last night, uh, mm. which was your Lakers and the Bulls. Um, not yeah, before. I di- I, no, I did watch a bit. Of, well, I watched the. Um, Condensed because condensed suddenly working again now. Have you noticed? While you say that, I've taken a video on my not iPad working. to show people. <laughs> I I went to watch the Boston overtime win against, against Dallas. Dallas. 
and I'm not even joking, the sequence of clips is completely in reverse. So the first <laughs> one you get is the last possession of overtime, and Sounds then it worked right. its way back through the whole game, and I was just livid. I've recorded it all and skipped through, and I meant to send it over into the group chat the other week, along with a load of emojis expressing my deepest anger and rage. And, uh, yeah, I was on a train, so I had terrible signal and couldn't. But, uh, yeah, one of the one of the Lakers games was like that at the start of the year. I seem to remember watching it, and like all of a sudden the scores went back backwards and and down. It was like, hang on, what's going on here? It's a bit confusing. I don't know what's happened to League Pass this year. Like it was fine last year. What did what did they do to it during the summer? I I have no idea either. Uh, there seems to have been a recent uh, like fix put in though well, on the on the latest update. So I now after I downloaded a game and I've got on the train I now don't have to hotspot to my phone to get temporary signal to allow me to access what I've downloaded and then play it when and disconnect from my phone. I was livid with that. Don't let me download something to make me get online to watch the flipping thing again. Come on now. Um so oh, yeah, fun times. I've had some real fun with League Pass so far this season, but I don't know what I'd do without it. It is still an absolute godsend. Going back to you just saying you think the Charlotte Hornets are good. Do you actually think the Charlotte Hornets are good or were you just pulling my leg? Because I don't think they're very good at all. Did, I don't think they have I anybody. They, were good? they literally have one good player who's fair enough shooting 57% for the season is finally playing up to like the, the hype level. Now, Kemba Walker, anyone who's listened to this podcast since it first started will know that I hated Kemba Walker for like the first two, three years of his career because he was just a terrible role player who was somehow starting and... This year, he's just jumped into the star index, but there's nobody else on that team. I mean, Dwight's averaging, what, 14 and 12 a game, which is fine for him, but there's nobody else on this team. Did I say they were good? Yes. I, did, well, I definitely misspoke spoke then. <laughs> I, I, what, what I probably should have said is they were better than the Bulls. They're clearly better than the Bulls talent-wise. Um no, I, I, I don't think they're... they're I'm, not, I'm not falling into the same trap I was in last year when they actually looked good either and turned out not to be. Um, so Batum's back now. Um, I think that'll be a huge boost for them. Again, yeah, like, always, he's yeah. not a star. He's not like... No, he's a great role player. But he, yeah, he is a very serviceable role player. And I think they've got a bunch of those guys. It's just getting them to click. I just... I mean, Dwight's going to Dwight. He's going to have good games. He's going to have a bad game. He's going to be indifferent at the end of the year. He's going to be working the crowd, which he was in Atlanta the other week. He, I tell you what, he looked like he was playing against a kid when he when he went up against Carl Anthony Towns. Like his moves in the post, like you couldn't, and he's not known for his moves in the post either. And yet, this guy who is the the next big thing in the league just couldn't handle his size and strength. So fair play, but it's just a shame he never ever reached his potential or built upon his athletic side so he had something to fall back on once his athleticism was sapped through back injuries so not part of the problem that they we currently have with the minnesota timberwolves like i know they're currently riding high in the western conference but they're still not the defensive team that i think we expected them to be i mean they're fifth in the western conference with 10 10 wins and seven losses but they still don't seem to be that defensive juggernaut that I think many of us would have expected Tom Thibodeau to sort of craft them into. And like, it's just, I just find it really strange. Like Jimmy Butler's obviously been a great impact player for them and he's certainly made a difference, especially in the fourth quarter in the clutch when they've needed to win games. But yeah, Wiggins and, and Cat this year, it's almost like they've taken the, the, well, they've put the brakes on a little bit. But how how quickly were you expecting a turnaround in this team? I mean, last last year, 
Where where do they finish? Obviously, out of the playoffs. <laughs> no, but, no, but it was it was it was it was low. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly go back onto Basketball Reference whilst we're talking and have a look. But they they are markedly improved on last year. It's it's incremental. They're not suddenly going to go from being a non-playoff perennial loser to suddenly being a top four seed. But they they've been close to it. As I think, as long as you know they're around, let's say the sixth seed come the end of April, that then then job well done. That is the step yeah. they needed to take. I don't know. I, d- I just think there was, there was a game against the Suns a couple of weeks ago where they, they just, they looked like they couldn't really be bothered. It's almost like they take their, they just take nights off. And I don't think they're at the stage, like, you know, the Warriors level where they can just afford to take a night off against Detroit as well. Like they lost that one by three points, but there's been games so far this year. And I know we're, we're only what, 15, 16 games in, but, there seems to be a weird attitude thing there. It's almost like they're now just assume they're going to glide into the playoffs. And if the Western Conference is going to tell us anything, I don't think that will be the case. I think it's going to you know, be a dogfight from here to the end of the season, especially for anything under, shall I say, third seed? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. Um, I mean, Rockets, Warriors, Spurs, probably a lock, not necessarily in that order, but I'd be willing to bet that that would be the top three. They would be the three teams that go through from the top of the Western Conference. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've no qualms. Those are the top three, uh, and if anything, the most likely team to drop out of that, based on current current health, Spurs. Yeah, they're just they're just not the team they were with Kawhi, which is understandable. Saying that they've won two games and they they they've snapped that losing streak that they had at the start of the year, so they're getting there. Yeah, maybe, but I I, I mean I look at it and everyone's saying, "Oh, Lamarcus is happy now." And uh, I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, great. Well, nice one. The reason he's happy is because he's getting touches again. He is the go-to guy, which is what he's always wanted to be in his entire career. And the minute someone who comes along who takes touches away from him, he starts to get disgruntled and needs to realise that he is not the guy capable of leading a team in the West to a title. It's, he's he's nowhere near that level. He needs to realise that in order for him to win, he needs to become a complementary secondary player to someone like Kawhi. And even then, I would question whether he is enough. Did you see all the stuff about Kyle Lowry not being happy that he didn't get an offer from the Spurs during the offseason? I, d- I didn't. That's, that's one of the rare bits of NBA they, news that's they, escaped. They brought life. it up during one of the Raptors games the other night that he was almost disgruntled. But the Raptors have been playing really well recently. So I don't... I mean, they're 11-5. They're on a four-game win streak. They've completely reworked their offense under Dwayne Casey this year, and it's it's paying off. Like it's not a team change; it's just a case of they've changed the way they play basketball, and it's worked out for them. But yeah, apparently Kyle Lowry just wasn't very happy this summer that he wasn't even considered. So is, is by the Spurs <laughs> is the suggestion then that if he was considered by the Spurs, he would have moved? I think so. Because didn't he sign like the day after free agency opened? And I know that yeah. people, but we can't talk about it, but people talk to other players before they're allowed to. I know that happens. But he, he like it was literally the next day he was like, yep, yeah, I'm a Raptor again. It was never in doubt. So mm, I'd, I'd say that he's, would have been He's a really funny one, Carl Lowry. But like, I know, I think it must have been last year, at the start of the year, we were like, look at this. Like, this dude has slimmed down. He is an athletic beast this year. He's got even smaller this year. Like they look, you know, ready for business, and I hate this because we say this about the Raptors every year, but we'll, we'll see what happens when they get to the playoffs. Oh, we know what's going to happen when they get to the playoffs. <laughs> they, they'll lose game one in whatever round they get to, 
and they will take by the 76ers. Yeah, they'll take five or six games to figure out what is going on, and and then they'll fall way ahead of where you'd have expected them to. Well, yeah, it's like the the when I last podded with you a couple of weeks ago, we're going on about how bad the Cavs were. They've won five straight. Yep. Even though they they're full of injuries and yeah, no, they but they, they absolutely hammered Detroit the other night. And Detroit are the third best team in the Eastern Conference at the moment. They have a better record than the the Cavs, but you really wouldn't notice a difference. Like they just, LeBron was in that mood where, and I think he loves playing Stanley Johnson because he, <laughs> he was like facing up against Stanley Johnson and doing all these sort of moves with the basketball that you'd expect somebody to do on two K when they're up by like forty points. He, Except he this was, was a close game, and it was just LeBron being like, "I know I can beat you." He was very good. They got they were up by thirty five at one point, and it was just like this game over. Yeah, Go home. <laughs> anyone who's writing off the Cavs this early in the season, yes, I know that they are not the team they were last year. Yes, I know that I've, I said on the pod at the end of last year that they needed to get <laughs> younger, longer, more athletic, quicker, and they've done exactly the opposite. Still you, true. Yeah, it, they they do need to do that. They've not done it. They've gone completely the other way. They're not as good as they were last year, but you cannot write them off. You absolutely cannot write them off because uh, come the postseason, they're going to be there and they have a lot of guys who know how to win in the postseason and it's going to be a different game completely. We've seen how like as soon as the uh, as soon as the playoffs roll around, DeRozan, for example, uh, yeah. suddenly isn't the effective scorer he is because he doesn't get all these ticky-tack fouls that send him to the line 12 times a game or something stupid. It's it, These guys will score. They, I have no qualms that the Cavs are going to be against the Celtics in the final and I'm sticking with my original uh, prediction <laughs> that it's going to be Cavs again in the finals. Wow, you're coming out and going against Steve Curry and Steph Curry who said you're... Oh, no, no, they, no, no. They, no. Quite, like the, they quite like the weather in oh, Boston oh, in June. All right, okay. I thought you were saying that. I, that I thought for a minute... You'd interpreted what I said as suggesting that the Cavs no. win it all because that would just be idiocy. No, that'd just be stupid. Who, yeah. who, who would say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in the last week, Lonzo Ball. I don't think you can do an NBA podcast without talking about him at the moment. It's um, it's a little bit ridiculous. First of all, his dad is is calling out Donald Trump on American news networks, which is weird in general and um, something I don't quite entirely understand. So we'll avoid it um, for for this for this podcast. Um, <laughs> and he got caught. He got caught walking away from a fight during a game against the Suns the other night, which I know Ross McLeod on our Slack chat absolutely tore him to shreds for, um, which I don't quite understand because I just think he's just maybe being a bit sensible. But it's almost like Lonzo's been too sensible throughout the entire season so far. Like he's got two triple doubles. He's one of the youngest players to ever achieve that feat. Um, ben Simmons has also done it also and we'll talk about later but like the Lakers they won again last night they're 8th I think in the Western Conference which would be a playoff spot you if know the playoffs they're were dying. You they're, know. they're definitely 8th um, you've got it printed up on your wall <laughs> yeah this is this is my highlight of the season I printed it out on a big AO piece of paper with a plotter that's their, um, that's their highest seeding in about 4 years isn't it I know it's, it's, it's ridiculous um, but I just have some questions as to why the high pick, you know, the second pick is being outplayed by Carl Kuzma. I, I think a lot of it is his... Is is the hype just too much for this? Yeah, I think, I think part kid? of it is, because it's, it's not just the hype of being, like, a top draft pick, which is already... It's the target that his dad has put on his back. <laughs> yeah, that that's a multiplying factor. Take And then the fact he's in LA as well... The fact that he's got a reality TV show, he's got too many distractions going on. 
Um, he's got a, a jump shot that he very cleverly <laughs> decided not to fix in college because I reckon if he because he he had someone uh, the UCLA coach was trying to correct it, and Lavar said, "Don't don't be messing with my son's jump shot." And <laughs> okay, fine, he stopped messing with it, and I think because. Because of that, he was able to perform at the level he expected in college, therefore guaranteeing he was a higher pick. Where, and where then, defense on the perimeter really isn't a thing. Exactly. And then on the rookie scaling, he gets more money. Whereas yeah. now he now he's getting that more money. He can get in that more money. Now he's getting that money, <laughs> that extra money. He uh, uh, can now fix his jump shot if he so chooses to, and he really should choose to. Um, he can do it without costing himself any money. If that makes sense, that's one of my weird little conspiracy theories. Yeah, but um, t- take the money and go because you're going to have a short career. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> I think the pressure's getting to him a little bit. I, he just doesn't seem to have the aggression or appetite that some of these other rookies have coming in that are really hungry for this. He just kind of seems to feel yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm here. I've arrived. Everyone's going to bow to my will, and he needs to realize that every year there are people scrapping to earn a paycheck in that league and if they don't what, what's that phrase about uh hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard that's yeah. i think that's that's exactly what this is for me but yeah i if i can i'll blame his dad well like it's being played <laughs> off the court by contavious caldwell pope at the moment who going to start the year everyone was like you know he's got the ability to be a great player but he's just never shown it certainly when he was in detroit and He's come out and he's balling and Carl Kuzma was a relative unknown coming into the NBA draft. And yeah, I mean, Lonzo's PER at the moment is 10.1, which is below average. 15 is the average for most NBA players. He's great on the boards, but he's he just doesn't score any points. And I don't understand how a basketball player can go in this day and age and not be as aggressive as he is, certainly on the team that he is. And Luke Walton came out the other night and said that the Lakers shoot too many threes as a whole. It's like, well, yeah, that's fair enough. But like, Brooke Lopez has actually proven over the years that he can hit that shot. Carl Kuzma is, you know, he's not Clay Thompson by any means, but he, you have to, you have to respect him. I think is the best way to, yeah, to put that. Contavious Caldwell Pope's turned into that as well. He hit two big threes in the game against the Bulls last night, including the one that pretty much won the game for him. Brandon Ingram has developed a hell of a lot and he was getting so much criticism in slightly in our Slack chat at the start of the year for just looking like he was you know lazy lazy and couldn't be bothered but it's almost like the Lonzo effect where everyone's focused on him has taken the pressure off all these other guys and it's benefiting some of them because Julius Randle I love Julius Randle he's playing his socks off like if he was on any other team in the league I think he'd be a one of the top young players to, to look at but just floating around the Lakers bench people don't really notice him but Lonzo, I mean, 3 of 13 last night, 13 rebounds, 8 for 8 points, 4 assists. Like this, If you can't shoot the 3, don't shoot it. Ben Simmons isn't shooting it because he knows he can't hit it. Yeah, but Ben Simmons is blessed with another 4 inches of height and some really, really nice post moves. Yeah, and a crazy stride where he can get from one end of the court to the other in like 4 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, at, at what point do we worry that Lonzo Ball is basically a glorified rondo yeah i just not, not bit, pete I'm, rondo but like the rondo we're no, used to seeing yeah. uh, but he doesn't have the scrappy edge that rondo had yeah like, even when rondo was playing on that celtics team in 2008 2009 like in games against like the the magic and the playoffs like he was scrappy and he can defend like lonzo at the moment the only other thing i think he's really bringing to the lakers is the fact that he's a good rebounder yes he can pass well and he can rebound the ball but he has no scoring 
like you just you don't need to really bother looking at him at the moment because he just has no confidence in his shot. I've never seen so many air balls from a rookie. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, I know it's crazy. Uh, but you just you just mentioned how good a rebounder he is. So I'm going to take this opportunity to. Although to, is he a good rebounder? Is that just all the other Lakers are like? Oh, you need to be good at something this year. There you go. Well. <laughs> Sim- I'm going down a similar vein because you know my uh, love for Brook Lopez. Is he a good rebounder, or is it just he's rebounding with Brook Lopez, so he's naturally yeah. going to get about <laughs> four times more than he should because you've got a seven footer there who can't catch a ball. Oh it man, doesn't, doesn't look doesn't look bothered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just another jab I have at, at Brook. So it, well, he hammered his brother Robin last night. I mean, Robin had three rebounds, so. Yeah, that's not great. But I, you usually expect those Robin. two to bring the bring the best up. Yeah, Robin's got real fight in him. Like even when the Bulls were when I were bad, he still one of the fun players to watch in the league because he can he can go off. But yeah, I I don't really know what's going on with with Lonzo Ball at the moment. But it's almost like you can say we're reading into it too much. But I know you and um you and Joe mentioned it the other week. Like this draft class is ridiculous, and to yeah, perform very, like this in this draft class is just. Almost not good enough for a second pick, and the guy who was supposedly, you know, supposed to be the next Magic Johnson. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He may, maybe it's because of how good this rookie class is that we're perhaps he looks applying. So bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe it's like a, a weird sort of spectrum thing. Uh, but uh, this rookie class is so so good, so good, stacked, absolutely. And I know. Again, I said earlier about you shouldn't get excited at fifteen games. But I am. This is my one exception for this rookie class. So far, they are brilliant. But I think this is what we needed because it's some, well. I don't know about you, but certainly the last two years, like I've almost thought watching the NBA has been like a no-show affair. Certainly during the regular season, because you're just waiting for the playoffs and you're waiting for the the big matchups between like the Thunder and the Rocket, uh, the Thunder and the Rockets, or the Rockets and the and the Warriors, or, or whoever. Like you're waiting for those big marquee matchups but now some of the younger teams and some of the bad teams like the kings like we mentioned they've got really good young rookies who you want to watch so you're more willing to invest in sort of the regular season this year than certainly you have been in other years like i've found myself jumping around the league and just watching all kinds of different teams this year like from from carl kuzma on my lakers to donovan mitchell of the jazz and dennis smith jr in, in dallas like there's guys all over the show even dylan brooks for the the, the Memphis Grizzlies like he's been great and these are guys come who some of these guys came into this this game this league sorry and I just didn't have any clue who they were no I think that's a fair point the biggest question of last season was parity has anyone actually mentioned that word this year yet because, <laughs> no exactly <laughs> as, as, as much as much as the Warriors are steamrolling everyone at the top and they're, you know, they're not steamrolling everyone, but they're, they're not playing as well as they should are oh, caveating right, everything today aren't I but uh, <laughs> as much as they're doing that Last year, it felt like everyone else it was just a waste of time watching. This year, the rookie class have just brought a, a whole sort of just fresh energy to the league that that means that you go and watch these teams that have just have been have been rubbish for a few years now, but now finally have sort of a, a glimmer of hope in in their rookie player. And it should be like that every year, but this just it just seems like we haven't had in the past couple of years a, a decent rookie class. Like we've had decent yeah. rookies. But not this many at once performing like this. They're playing a lot of minutes as well. Like someone will have to. I'm sure someone's probably worked this out. But like, if you go down like the top rookies at the moment, there's quite a lot of them in there who are playing 20 minutes or more. And I'm sure that hasn't really been the case for the last two or three 
draft classes because those players haven't haven't necessarily warranted the time on court. Like you know, Jason Tatum's averaging 30, min- 30 minutes a game. Ben Simmons is playing thirty four. Kuzma's playing thirty. Laurie Markkinen in Chicago and they're terrible. He's averaging thirty a game as well. And it's you often don't see coaches being willing to give sort of the young guys the the torch really, but. I mean, certainly in Boston this year, that's that's what they've been doing. But I, th- this this draft class is quite frankly unbelievable. I love watching Frank uh, near the Kina as well in New York. Yep. I mean, if you can stand up to LeBron James in your rookie season and you can hit some dagger threes like you've hit this season and you can defend like that in New York, you've made it. I don't care if Dennis Smith Jr. should have been picked above you. Like you've already made it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> he, he's he's done very well. Uh, we we said on the pod the other week particularly what he was up to at the time I've, I've not watched the Knicks in about a week though so I, I don't know what he's oh, done recently so fun <laughs> they, they are fun and I do like that about the Knicks this year but I just I've just been watching everyone else bar the Knicks I don't know why either now, I must have seen at least I've seen at least one Knicks game I just can't remember what it was I'm going through that period now because I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've had a I've had a week off work and I am you binged just, it you binged I, NBA yeah, did you <laughs> I've kind merged of just into got, one. Like, blurred vision I, I think I'm NBA drunk I just I've no, had no. too much. I need to go home, sleep it off, and then maybe just uh, temper my intake of NBA a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I've, I I I think this rookie class is just really really good. And spoiler alert, uh, I've got an article coming out about it in the next couple of days. I think it's coming out. Fabulous. So yeah, that should be interesting. Well, it, yeah. it was interesting for me. If no one else <laughs> reads it or likes it, then fine. But I enjoyed it. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> um, another random thing that happened during the week that I just thought I'd like to point out, uh, jo- Nikola Jokic and Mike Malone managed to both get themselves thrown out of the Lakers game at the same time. Yep. That was, uh, that <laughs> That's was impressive. One. That is that's ridiculously impressive. Anyway, speaking of being ridiculously impressive, um, the Philadelphia 76ers, they are seventh in the Eastern Conference right now. They're just above 500 with a record of nine and seven. Um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think it's worth us sitting down and just talking about these two for for five to ten minutes because um, these boys can play. I did an article about Ben Simmons being one of the best Australian exports in years. I don't know why I chose Neighbours. Um, <laughs> it felt appropriate. I could have gone with Fosters or any other fine Australian export. I mean, I, I wouldn't exactly class Fosters as a fine Australian export. I don't think it tastes very nice. But um, I don't actually think it's exported either. I think it's brewed. No, in, it's uh, probably brewed here, yeah, but it Birmingham is an Australian. Like it is an Australian lager, so that's what I'm going for. And I probably pissed off some home and away fans. Um, which, Hasn't, which one, is, of, one of them's been cancelled. <laughs> so I, I don't. I don't watch these anymore. They used to come oh on God, a perfect time when I was a student a while ago. But one of the, one of them's been cancelled. I've it's got a feeling it's home and away. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't keep up with the cult um, sitcom TV and sh- TV shows. To be honest, sitcom. It's a, it's right. a soap. <laughs> God, I know the See, acting I is I'd, comedy. I just but... stick to sports and video games and movies and music. Uh, I, 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 a work colleague of mine sh- showed me a, f- a family photo the other day, and I told him his dad looked like Lou Carpenter, and clearly that reference was lost on him, and probably is on you. But yeah, it's I, flown I over my head. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like they're, a like a Lonzo Ball free throw, <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's just tells you the last time I watched. Uh, I was going to say EastEnders then, but I don't watch that either. Neighbours don't watch any of that crap because yeah. all, all I'm doing is watching basketball. True, but that is you know basketball is life, as we've we've said so many times on the show. But yeah, anyway, um, Ben Simmons is just going off on one. I mean, there's an argument which we well a discussion that we can we can obviously 
tap into that he might be one of the best rookies of all time. Um, he's been incredible, but he currently leads the NBA in touches a game. He's got more, he has more touches in a game than LeBron James and Giannis and all these guys who you just expect to be right at the top of the rankings. And there he is, Ben Simmons, averaging 18 points a game. He's shooting above 50%. Um, he's got a terrible three-point percentage, um, which is something I wanted to bring up because he's zero for seven, I think, from downtown. But all of them have been half-court heaves, and the NBA counts those as threes, which gets on my nerves. But because um, they shouldn't really be there, he should just be zero percent, surely. Yeah, there's what's this? You mentioned it before. Um, the website. Oh God, from the guy you set up was it Basketball Reference originally? Statmuse. No, not that one. Something about the glass. Something about Cle- the glass. cleaning the glass. Is cleaning that what the it's glass. Called? Is that the website? Don't know. We apologise to really whoever runs the website. Tangent, but yeah, he he <laughs> he does all of this himself as well like all the tracking and he doesn't include things like half court heaves so I'll be intrigued to see how many he's got on his yeah Um, so I might I might try and have a look but I've got a feeling it's behind a paywall so I probably won't find out (laughs) I mean we knew Ben Simmons was going to be good like obviously we were podcasting when he was drafted and we kind of saw certainly if you watch international basketball you've seen him play for some of the, the young Australian teams but in that first NBA Summer League, which was 2016, he came out and played against Brandon Ingram, who was like the talk of the town. And yeah, fair enough, the Sixers lost that game, but he absolutely hammered him in that one. And he went on to have a really good Summer League campaign until he was injured. And then he obviously set out for a whole year, um, which seems to be the, the trend for 76ers draftees, which I don't think is a good trend, but um, we can talk about that as well in a bit. But it's working. He's just, it is, well, yeah, it is, but I don't know how much faith we can put in the process. I mean, I'd love to trust it, but I, I just I, I can't quite put my I'm put my heart there yet. But he's been phenomenal, and when partnered with Joel Embiid, it, it's just been so much fun to watch. I mean, Embiid went off against my Lakers last week. I mean, forty six points, fifteen rebounds, seven blocks, seven assists, um, and he they came from behind in that one as well. And he tied the game, and then he just basically took it over and yeah, stole the show. But these two guys, man, insane. They're, they're brilliant. I completely trust the process. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You forget about all the injuries and everything. So they've had some injuries, and I think that they still need to be really careful with Embiid going forwards, and I'm sure they're taking all the necessary precautions there. Obviously, you can never... If someone's just crocked, there's nothing you can do to fix Is it. Is he going to um, have a minutes restriction in the playoffs? Oh, man. Is he going to... Well, see, I think he should, because their ceiling this year is not... Not the conference finals. No, they're ahead. They're, they're like Boston. They're ahead of schedule. I think is exactly. So keep just keep him limited. Get them a taste of the playoffs. You're not you're not going to take everything. I know you want to. Everyone wants to compete when you're at that point, but it's not happening. Just let them get a run out. Get a little taste of what's going on. Um, I love the way they move the ball. I love the way that Simmons just his finishing at the hoop is just unreal. It, it, the way that Brett Brown's got his teams playing is incredible. They do a really good three-man play with Simmons and Bead and and uh, Reddick, which uh, involves a dribble handoff. I'm getting excited now, and I said I wasn't going to do this before the show. Really. <laughs> um, and, and then Embiid comes and sets a, a pick uh, at the sort of el- 45 degrees from the hoop at the elbow. Reddick slips it, and they they throw a skip pass to him, and then it just causes all kind of mayhem because all you see the big man can't get back, or he has to make a decision whether to get back or not. The the weak side defense has to move, and Reddit can either pull it for a three, or what I've seen him do now is take like a, a sort of curved drive to the elbow, 
and then you get another back door cut from probably someone like Covington or Sarich. I can't remember who it is. It's just I've got I've got, I've got to find the play and put it into. I know Vine doesn't exist, so I'm just going to put it in some little clip. It's just brilliant, and they run it from so many different spots on the floor. It's it's a thing to behold. Honestly, I'm in love with that play. It's very yeah. similar to one Portland run, but uh, it's my favourite play right now. Simmons gets so many points in the paint as well. It's 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 unreal. I mean, he's third in the league in points in the paint behind Giannis and LeBron James. And there was a, a a stat that popped up earlier on when I was watching ESPN where they were comparing Simmons' first um, sort of season so far to Magic Johnson's season when he when he went and won the NBA Finals as. And, and won the MVP playing centre in that series, yeah, um, it, which is it, crazy. Just, just in one game, he played centre. No, maybe two. But yeah, he jumped centre when Kareem went out injured. Still crazy. It, yeah, oh, absolutely crazy. <laughs> and I think one of the games he won with a skyhook as well. It's just like, oh, now you're taking the piss, mate. Ah, now, now, now the skyhook is a nice transition because I think that Simmons has got one of those... I like, oh, to, call I them, I like, I like to call them death moves because um, all the great players have them. And um, I think that he's he's slowly sort of perfecting it because there's a lot of teams that don't seem to be able to, to stop him from doing it. It's almost like, I want to call it a layup or a floater, but it isn't because it's like a cross between the two because he's he's so subtle in the way he can move the ball. Like, and I think, I can't remember if it was me or you or somebody on the, one of the recent pods, we talked about how guys like um, DeMarcus Cousins can move the ball like guards these days. And Simmons Simmons is doing this but he combines this with like freakish athleticism and he's doing all of this even though the fact that he can't actually like his jump is terrible um I, I know exactly the shot you're referring to it's like a it's I don't know what like to call a, it <laughs> see, it's it's like it's almost like a push from his shoulder it's not quite a hook no cuz it cuz it doesn't come up behind his shoulder but it's sort it I know it's almost like he's trying he's he's tear dropping like but he's he's so big he doesn't need to actually make it teardrop. It's, he doesn't it's, put any effort into anything. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Uh, it's a fantastic move, and I can't see anyone getting near it. To be honest, like if he perfects that, what? No, like and he was it. doing that over Derek Favors against the Jazz the other night. And like yep. Derek Favors is a good defender. Like I know, fair enough, he's no Rudy Gobert, but like Simmons was killing him, and he's killed a lot of people in the paint this year, and he gets a lot of touches in there, and that's the reason why. But teams just don't bother to defend him on the perimeter because, first of all, he's smart enough not to shoot because he knows he's not going to make it. And even if he does take like a, a jumper from just the top of the key or whatever, he, you know, he can usually make it. Do you think this is part of the problem? Right. Okay. So he is very successful at scoring without having to shoot from outside, and yep. people are playing off him because they know he's not going to shoot from outside. <laughs> suddenly he's going to get a three and everyone's going to die <laughs> no, well yeah if that happens the same as Antetokounmpo I d- yeah exactly they are, yeah. They are completely yeah, z- zigging while, or zagging while the rest of the league is zigging <laughs> um, but for, for me like they're playing him wrong like he, he still I understand the, con- the, the concept if they can't shoot step off them but all you're doing with a guy like this and the same with Yanis you step Yanis is a bit more difficult because of how I think he's got a much bigger stride and, and is probably a bit, um, I don't know what the word is, he's a, he's a bit more agile, I'd say. Uh, but, but with Simmons, you, you give him that space, all you're doing is giving him time to generate speed. So by the time he's got to you, you're then going to have to start backpedaling and he's already gone by. I, I play him high, the similar way that Chris Paul uh, plays Steph Curry, who I realise can shoot threes and this is why he does it. But 
you know, uh, so the playoff series when the Clippers would face the Warriors, and he would bump him on every single play. He would yeah. bump him, throw him off his stride. Throws him off, yeah. That's exactly what they should be doing to someone like Simmons. He's not going to shoot the three. We know that. But don't let him get into his drive. Don't let him get into his full steam ahead, charging at the hoop, because you're not going to stop him then. Because he's all, he's, the momentum's in his favour. Everything is. He's got you right where he wants you. You're just stood there waiting for him to go past you. Get high, bump him, and move with him is my thoughts, but I'm not an NBA coach. He's incredibly um, <laughs> developed for such a young guy. Like, I know he's 6'10 and what, 220, 230? Like, he's built, and he's built like a, a, one, of the, a, one of the veteran players in the league. And I know that like, everyone throws out the comparisons to like LeBron, but I mean, you can see it. Because like, first of all, he can rebound well. The 76ers are the number one rebounding team in the NBA as it stands at the moment. And Simmons is a large contributor to that, obviously, along with Embiid. But when those two play together, I don't know how you physically stop them because Embiid is also going to have eventually one of these moves that you you know you just can't guard, like the death the death stroke as I'm now going to call it from Simmons. Death, the death stroke. <laughs> <laughs> but like Simmons, even like it, when he's when he is held up and when he's double teamed or whatever, he's smart enough and he can pass like dare I say Lonzo. He can pass like Lonzo. So like. He kicks the ball out and then Embiid, for some reason, is left wide open or, you know, Reddick is left wide open. The, the biggest issue I just have with the 76ers at the moment is maybe that bench depth, but Darius Saric can play and he's coming off the bench. I like TJ McConnell a lot, but yeah, like, th- these two guys, when they play together, like we could be looking at the next big thing in terms of like how you build a, an NBA team. Maybe we're going to get a, like a throwback to teams that dominate in the paint, for example. I, I think there is the potential for that. It's It seems to me now... The NBA is regressing because it doesn't like all these threes. <laughs> no, no, it's it's evolving. It's evolving. Basically, sorry, pace sorry. and space has created all these this room because there's so many threats from the outside that every, that the defense is spread. So that means it's even... like The, the driving angles are bigger. That's that's yeah. the way I see it. Um, I think if these if either of these guys, Antetokounmpo or Simmons, adds a three to their arsenal then game the over. rest of the league just pack up just let them two fight it out get rid of conferences and stick <laughs> them in the finals every year because that's what it's going to be uh both of them you know health permitting are serious challenges to mvp candidates in the future obviously simmons isn't at that level yet but you just the way he plays you're absolutely right he is he's he <laughs> he's he's cut from a different cloth he he it just i don't know don't know whether it's the way that they teach basketball in America, uh, in Australia rather, or, or what. Whether it just it's it's a fresh, it just feels nice and different to this whole sort of gunslinger approach. Um, and plus, I think as much as we love the three, it's so much better to watch a dunk. I like post-up moves. To be honest, I think that really brings the best out in some of these guys. Like seeing a really good post-up move. Like I like watching Mark Gasol because his post-up is mint. And I used to love watching Kobe when he used to post people up, even though he probably shouldn't be posting up a guy who's, you know, seven foot two, for example. But it was, it was fun to watch. But yeah, I mean, Simmons is putting on one of arguably, and I know your article probably goes into this a bit more, like one of the most dominant rookie displays we've seen. Probably not um, Will Chamberlain dominant, but dominant. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think, Will average we'll... 37 and 27, so... <laughs> Will existed in a whole different. I mean, have you, have you watched any of the YouTube videos of him? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's oh interesting watching God. old Pe- basketball. Shall I say? Pe- people need to watch some of the stuff that he could do. 
admittedly he like I, I would like to see him in the modern NBA. That would that would be amazing because I still think I don't think he'd be averaging. He had a season where he averaged fifty points or something stupid. I don't think he'd be averaging that at all. Playing but, tiny white guys. I, yeah, but I, <laughs> but I do think he would be like an, an all star player. He would be sort of a modern. Well, I say modern because obviously he's the fifties. But like a, a, he would be like I want to say like Shaq, but not yeah. you know, like a young Shaq. And obviously that was like twenty odd years ago. But uh, I still think Shaq would have been an absolute beast in this league. That's what's bonkers about watching these him. Well, Simmons and. Embiid is like they're cl- they've clearly grown up as massive fans of the sport and have had huge basketball influences on them. Obviously, like Embiid getting out of Africa alone it was a big enough influence for him, I think. And then coming into the NBA, he was considered the next big thing, and he was knocked down with his injuries. And he's just worked and worked to this game. Social media wise, he's a phenomenon. Like he is the best thing you could possibly hope to happen. And aren't Philly the fourth largest American sports market market, or maybe that's just in the NBA? But they are a monster of a franchise in terms of finances and how much money they make and how popular they are. So the fact that you've got these two guys on here is, is just incredible. And I love that we, we've got, you know, an international player just tearing it up. And there's, 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 it, this is what's becoming more and more common. And it's just a shame that, you know, we're a British podcast. We, we don't really ever see this from British guys. The old Dang had a great few years with the Chicago Bulls during the, the mid and late 2000s. But, We've never quite had a transcendent basketball type talent to push the sport on. And Simmons, I think, is certainly going to do that in Australia. I mean, they're a pretty big basketball nation as it is at the moment. But, you know, when you've got young kids looking at the lights of Simmons, you've got something to, to really aspire to. The, the funny thing about watching Joel Embiid the other night as well is watching him do a Euro step. <laughs> I'm like, what? This guy is seven foot two, 250 pounds, and he's doing Euro step. I'm like, this is crazy. I know the 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 comparisons to Hakeem are out there, but like he's just he's he's his whole own thing at the moment. It's it's a privilege to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think Philly fans have endured a lot in recent times. And, She's telling me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is just this is just such a nice change. <laughs> that must be such a welcome change as well. I mean, ten and seventy two one season. Oh. They're, they're still they're still. You know, a young team. They're still learning. They put long way to go. Forty-eight points on the Warriors in the first quarter. That is ridiculous. Did you see their tweet? Their social because their social team's amazing. They were like, "How does it feel?" And then, like ten minutes later, they were like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, obviously they lost it in the third, and I think that's that is just this is where their young team they're, they're going to learn this. But a couple of years time, that I, we talk about the the power being in the West. If you if you look at the future of this league, the East is stacking up. It is, yeah. And Milwaukee should be up there, and then Boston are up there, and then you've got Philly on the outside who are just ready to step in. And I think the the Philly, uh, I think the Philly and Boston rivalry in three four years is going to be great because I think I think both of those teams are set up to be contending for a longer period of time than Milwaukee is right now uh, which seems which seems like a, a massive like slap to Milwaukee who are owning the future but I think the future has a has an expiration date well Milwaukee are very dependent on Jabari Parker as well like we've not consistently seen Jabari Parker healthy but when he's been on the court he's an offensive beast and they they play better with him there and now they've got Bledsoe I think they've got a nice trio and um yeah I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you completely I think 
I think both. I think the Celtics are way ahead of schedule. I don't think Danny Ainge or anybody thought they could be this good. Yep. But uh, uh, I'd say seventy five percent of that is down to Brad Stevens. Oh uh, yeah, huge amount to Brad Stevens. He and is. and the way he gets his rotations to work. I mean, it's amazing what a system change does in this league. Uh, and there's there's several coaches around the league who can just put together teams out of of nothing. And um and Rick Carlisle used to be really good at this back when the Dallas Mavericks won that championship in 2011, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. They just um they chucked together a team of nobodies and they absolutely hammered the Lakers and won the playoff series and then they went on to beat the the big three when that was you know their time and they were supposed to win it all and they didn't and we're now kind of seeing the downfall of that for him because he's not had much to work with the last few years but. You get these coaches on good teams. Frank Vogel, like what he's done with the with the Magic at the start of the year. Eventually, the coaching comes through, even if you don't necessarily have all the talent there. But anyway, speaking of the Boston Celtics, they they've certainly got the talent. The win streak's up to sixteen. Um, their next, I mean, first of all, I'm going to pose the question to you. They play tonight. They play Miami, who aren't doing very well at the moment. Does it go to seventeen? And then if it goes to seventeen, do they hit eighteen? Or well, do they hit nineteen? Sorry, because if they hit nineteen, then that would equal um, the two thousand eight Celtics, which is the championship winning Celtics. Is that right? Uh, yeah. No, was that the year? Yeah, w- wasn't it? Didn't they no, win? That's was the it the year 08? after? I thought it was the oh eight oh nine season. The, oh, I might be getting my years. No, mixed it's, up. The se- it's the seven. S- seven. They seven won. to eight. Yeah, seven to eight. They won, and then yeah, no, because Garnett got injured the year that they got this streak, right. and then that was it. <laughs> Okay, right, that explains why I'm getting my dates mixed up. Uh, that and the fact I'm not Rayman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Lakers uh, fan, that year hurt a bit. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, so Miami, yeah, they should beat Miami. Then Orlando on, was it Friday? Is it? Yeah, this is when we get confused. The 24th, everybody, the 24th. <laughs> so yeah, uh, which I believe Sean was going to be at. Is he? Yeah, oh, Sean, Sean's flying out to Boston. Uh to, no, not today. At some point. He's flying out anyway. He's going to go watch they play Orlando Indi- Boston. They play Indiana the night after. So I... They sh- well, they might lose against Indiana because it's back-to-back. But yeah. they sh- they should, on paper, win all three of those. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, they're, they're doing all of this without... Then they've got Detroit. That'll be a big, be a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that's incredible. Um, I kind of feel like it's gone in their favour if that makes sense though because it's just it has and they've they've come from behind like I don't know how many times this season it's been ridiculous they were down 13 points I think in the game against the Mavericks the other night and then they got they obviously scraped it got to overtime and then they went on a 14 and 2 run Kyrie had 10 points in that period and there were crazy plays and where, where you like like Marcus Smart for example there was a there was a play in regulation time where towards the end of the fourth Kyrie got the ball after a defensive stop and threw it down the, the the end of the court to Jason Tatum, who threw it back over towards Marcus Smart, who was under the under the hoop. And he tried to lay it in, and it's Marcus Smart, so obviously it wasn't going to go in. He shoots like 26% or something stupid. So it's kind of bounced off. And then he did a really crazy athletic dive and put it back on the court. And then Kyrie hit a wide open three. And it's just like crazy plays like this have been going their way all season. And the crazy stat, I don't know if this is still the case, but certainly when I was podding last night um they have like five players in the top 10 defensive ratings yeah it's ridiculous it might, i think it might be more than that as well uh i think it was they had okay so yeah i know what stat you're referring to of, of qualifying players over 250 minutes played yeah. there were three celtics in the top 11 for net rating 
and that includes Marcus Smart, who's shooting twenty six percent. And then there are <laughs> six of them. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his his defensive rating is so good; he's in the top ten. Uh, and then there's six in the top ten for defensive rating, including four of the top five. <laughs> what? And you know who's number one? Baines. Aaron Baines. He's the rejuvenate. Like he's Aussies, man. Seriously, it's it's the. It's not the Simmons effect, but there's something there's something in the water down there. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I, I I I think that's actually a a fair point. The way that it's it's sort of a golden era, or has been a golden era for Australian basketball, Absolutely. and it's all to do with the way their their sports academies are set up. And that's you know pro- probably isn't the podcast for it, but the way they've their government rejuvenated their their entire approach to producing elite athletes is absolutely phenomenal and it's the same as what germany did with their i'm going way off topic here but germany did the same with their their football program they they just went to town on it and built proper pitches all over germany and started funding young academy teams and then within like 10 years they won the world cup so it would be great to see similar things here and obviously the, the money in england basketball isn't isn't uh anywhere near the level of those but sp- no. sport england need to start Throwing some money into these it is an incredibly disrespected sport in this country. Basketball, absolutely. Like, don't, oh man, don't get a start. No, it's, it's tough. It's <laughs> like I've I bought um I bought Shea Serrano's book the other day, and I've got it. I have not read it yet, but it's sitting. It sits on my desk at work, and every lunchtime I think I'm going to read that, and then I end up not reading it because I'm doing work. Um, <laughs> and um, people will walk past and be like, "Why are you into ba- like? Why do you like basketball? Like, how the hell did you get into that?" And it's like. Oh, just don't even start. Just just leave me alone and let me live my my world with you know my enthusiast <laughs> fans and people who enjoy it. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, it's it's unbelievably disrespected considering it's the the second highest second biggest sport, sport in the world. In the yeah, well, in the UK, second highest participation for under 18s I'm sure it's the second most popular in the world as well, behind football. Yeah, well, it probably I I imagine it must be because it's it, big it, everywhere in Europe apart from here. But we seem to be the only ones who don't seem to do anything with it. No. But we're getting way off topic now. Yeah. Back, 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 to, back to the NBA and back to the Boston Celtics. Anyway, uh, another Australian, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, another Australian. The original oh, Wizard could, of Oz. Could you, could you imagine if he actually took up the offer and actually played for Australia instead? It would be ridiculous. They have a damn good team right now. Well, they've had a, a pretty good team. Oh, yeah. I, I still can't believe that... Uh, so Simmons didn't play in Brazil... No. Um, when was that? Not last summer. Was that the summer before that? Yeah, it was last summer. Was it last summer. So that would have been because of the injury, but he'd already pulled out of it anyway, because he was still uh, annoyed with the the organisation for not putting him in the 2012 London team. So he'd have been about <laughs> 17, which would have been it would have been phenomenal to see still it. Still tearing it up. Yeah. That would be that would have been great. Um, but they, yeah, they've got like so many people there now. It's just. Well, the, the the NBL has a lot of funding. The National Basketball League in Australia, like it grew in the nineties, courtesy of of Michael Jordan and a lot of American players going. Hang on a minute, I'm going to go and play in Australia. Um, and it and it grew and it got bigger and bigger. And I mean, one of the one of the really funny funny story, but one of the influences behind starting Double Clutch was the fact that I got into NBA podcasting through two Australian guys, Tom and Benjamin, who do believe the hype, and they now do Basketball Forever's podcast and they've sort of grown with the sport in Australia and it, it's it's almost like we need something similar to to happen here really but we just don't there's no funding and there's there's no respect for it in this country it's it's the fact that 
Deng at one point was earning more money than David Beckham. Yeah. And yet you no one in the country would know who And no who one was. cared. And no. I know it's not about the money you earn, but th- this is a guy who was maybe not the most exciting offensive talent, but one of the best all-round players in the league. A, an absolute defensive stopper, a lengthy guy. A guy who, if he was in his prime now, would be even better because the way the league's moved. He, I, he just... I, Go on. I, he, he, his frame, his body, everything was designed to play in this era. Yeah. And I just think it's just a real shame that more people in this country don't know or appreciate him. And I, I know that people listening to this podcast will, but the, the general population, no. 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 And I, I I actually think that um, Ben Simmons is coming along at the perfect time for Australia, like I was saying earlier, like... He's going to be transcendent because he's in a modern digital era where you can now watch the NBA quite easily in Australia. Um, and I, I genuinely think if if Luol Deng had just got in the league now, we'd be we'd be paying attention to him like we're paying attention to the man you interviewed in the summer, OG Ananobi. Like we are, we're finally paying attention, you know, to these guys. But it's thanks to the fact that league pass is easy to use now. Like we're not sitting here and you know spending twenty minutes downloading a two minute for, you know dunk reel from the two thousand dunk contest anymore. We're we're turning our Xbox ones on and going straight on League Pass or going on your phone on the tube to work or whatever. It's so easy now to to get an American sport in your living room effectively. And I think if we had a player go over there now who had a really dominant career, which hopefully Ananobi will do then uh, the sport will grow. And the sport's certainly grown. Like we've grown with, you know, our, the people who listen to our show and the people who contribute to us, we've we've grown since 2012 and that's only been five years and that we've grown with with the digital expansion as well. So yeah, I think Luol Deng would have had a really crazy amount of hype around him if he'd have, you know, a bit recently just gone in the league. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, like I say, that's that's exactly how I feel about it. I do I do feel a bit nervy claiming OG as our own though, because I know he was born in London. Um, but he we have that problem with like everybody two. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I I I love the fact we're like getting behind him as like a British player in the NBA, but I I realise he was raised and developed through the the American system, whereas mm. Luol came through Brixton and things like that. I think the closest thing we've seen to it, we had uh, Luke Nelson. Uh, went undrafted this summer and yeah, he had a tryout for the Lakers, didn't he? Uh, he had a tryout with the Lakers. Yep, he played summer league for the Clippers, um, and he's now playing in Spain. Uh, but he represents GB. He he's a very very good player. I watched him play uh, Greece uh, in the friendly a couple of months back at the, the Copper Box. Yeah, and he's he's a very good player. Very very good player. It's <laughs> like there, there is talent coming. Is there? Yeah, it, it is there. If if they were given access to the right level of of coaching and training at the right points in their life, like he he came through the Reading Rockets program. Um, he then he was representing England. Uh, bef- you know, in, in sort of like the under 18s he'd be representing when he was younger than that, like sixteen. He was playing up levels. Yeah, uh, he ended up going to the states. He went to I think UC Irvine, uh, in, which I think is another California based. Uh, smaller college set the school scoring record there are there are guys out there who can do it it's just no one gives us the time of day yeah us being british basketball not well yeah me and, and there's a, there body. is an insane amount of talent in this country like um the undersized basketball podcast who we've been friends with for, for you know three or four years now like they they cover 
BBL and, and English basketball and, and everything that is, you know, dominated by, by the ball around this country. And there, there is certainly the, the, the talent is there. It's just the funding isn't like they go out and make the promises after the Olympics that there'll be all this money and there isn't. Um, but anyway, we're, we're getting a little, a little bit sidetracked. Um, the NBA's one and done rule is reportedly being considered to be removed. Um, Good. Yeah, I was just going to ask what you thought of this. I mean, obviously Ben Simmons was quite vocal in saying that he didn't really want to go to LSU and he played at LSU like he didn't really want to go to LSU and he still tore it up. So, yeah, do, I mean, are you, do you want to see players come back in from high school or are you going to stick on the, the silver side? Because Silver's actually saying that he would rather, he's been quite a big advocate for them playing two years in college and then being eligible yeah. to play in the NBA. So so the, the, the rumoured, adjustment will be you can either jump straight to the nba or you have to spend a minimum of two years two years yeah uh, i don't think that's fair to force someone to play for free for someone else's profit i hate the idea of the ncaa um i also hate the idea that uh a college will make so much money off a player and then if they leave before their four years are up which 99% of NBA players are not staying for four years these days no. then if they decide to at some point later in their life carry on with college they have to pay and it's just like come on now you've made you've made millions off these people I'll give them the free education you promised them yes I know they they didn't stay for four years but that shouldn't make a difference especially when you consider the amount of money in NCAA the salaries the coaches are on um, we know already uh, well I say we know um, our legal team have advised me that uh, I can only say alleged corruption uh, in the <laughs> in the NCAA. That, but there's FBI investigations. There are all these kind of stories about underhand payments being made. I heard one the other day about Kevin Love, and I was just like, and it was from a college you didn't even go to. <laughs> it's just ridiculous for for me. And that's like ten years old as well. well exactly, going past it is. Well, Shaq's already said like there's the statute of limitations in the states, and he's already said, yeah, I got paid to go to college. Yeah. But I just couldn't say it until uh, there was a, a period where I wouldn't get fined for it. Um, <laughs> but guy, this, so I don't have to get fined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so like, this is what I don't understand. Why force them to go through this? Why not use the if 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 they want to come straight from high school? Fine, use the G League to develop them. Don't don't do what uh, the Wizards did with Kwame and just throw him in at the outset when he's clearly not ready. Yeah. Um, you can earn money playing abroad. If you don't want to be in the NCAA, why you know you're forcing kids to go abroad essentially, which they don't tend to do. And I'm surprised more people don't do it. We saw um, Moudier do it in China. Um, maybe that's because he didn't want to affect his draft stock by playing in the NCAA. I'm not sure that know. worked out too well for him though, because the competition level over there is of a significantly lower level than. Well, he'd, yeah, he'd yeah well, that's, that's true. Europe or something, but. He made some serious money. I think he made about four. No, it wasn't as much as that. He made, made a lot a of money. Few, he yeah. made a lot of money out. But of he it. came from a war-torn environment, and there's a whole sure backstory yeah, behind Moody Eyes. So. And, and absolutely, he did it for his family, and that's the decision that because ninety-nine, like maybe not from a war-torn background, but the amount of guys in the NBA who have done sort of come from the lowest of the low sort of socio-economic standing to then suddenly being millionaires. Don't don't delay. An athlete who only has a short earning window anyway, don't delay him the opportunity to maximise his income over that period. Like we see guys now who are coming over from Europe, like next year's gonna be Luka Don Doncic, who is probably gonna be the number one pick. He's playing for Real Madrid, he's earning a lot of money. What why is that not why why can't 
other players do that. It's just I I just don't like the NCAA. I don't think players. I think if players are good enough to play in the NBA, they should let them, ir- irrespective of age. I just think that for the guys that don't make it, because there are always stories about guys who don't make it, then things like the G League need to be set up. There's already things in place like um, so the NBA has like you know the rookie. Uh, orientation courses and things like that they do about looking after your money well they, they have st- they had stuff in Europe this year where they had uh, the NBA held this in Europe about investing abroad and things like that and they have all these classes see I, th- I think if you're that worried then make it like you know you sometimes get put on court and I realise I'm rambling here but you get put on <laughs> courses at work like development courses it is I'd about educating like, yourself and exactly yeah. so they should be saying look it's great. You're going to play be an NBA professional player. You're going to do this, this, and this. But during the day, you have some downtime. They're not classes as such. It's up to you what you do with them. But as a responsible organization, we want you to do the best that you can with your financial gains so that we don't have another Darius Miles story or another player going bankrupt as soon as they're out of the league. And, yeah. and just help educate these guys to look after their money properly. But don't deny them the opportunity to earn it in the first place because it's just a joke. They turn up to, they turn up to these big colleges and 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 come, you know, and the end of March when their team's out the tournament, that's it. They just walk off campus and start. Getting, they go and hire a, a professional trainer to get them ready for the draft. It's just a joke. It is. A, well, you've summed, <laughs> you've summed it all up. I don't really know what I what I can um, I can add to it, but. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I I think, I think I just went is, ranting mode. There is obviously a benefit to staying longer in college. Like, I don't think it exactly had a negative effect upon Damian Lillard. Um, four years at Weaver State, came in, was a unanimous rookie of the year. Um, and he's still got a crazy rap album as well. So, like, he's obviously just stupidly talented. But yeah. I understand that that isn't going to be everybody. See, no- but I guess if you're, you know, there's, there's lot, like a lot of Duke players just it's almost like they're there a year and then they can't really be bothered so they jump into the NBA. Exactly. I, th- I think people like Lillard are, are exceptions because... Um, oh yeah, huge exceptions. I don't think anyone saw... Li- no one thought Lillard was going to win and, Rookie and, of the yeah, Year at all. Exactly. And I, and I suppose that's the benefit of having that as an option. So I'm not saying that you stop NCAA basketball. That, that, that would never happen. No. But give people alternatives where they could earn money because who knows he could have gone to if the g league became like a a development league which is supposed to be but i mean like in the true sense he could have he could have played in there for four years and then matriculated up to the nba or he could have gone to weber state and played four years and people gone actually this guy can play we'll we'll draft him when he comes out of college yeah he he got himself and you know four years you get yourself an education as well like that's going to set you up after your playing career which is yep one of the big things you see yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Sorry, I, I think it's about giving players the option, not forcing them down a particular route. Yeah, because if you're Ben Simmons, you literally could not be bothered. Like you go go back and watch his LSU games; he just literally did not care in the world. Well, and, and, and it's he, the he still still tore everyone to pieces. Exactly, and then the NCAA will then ban someone for 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 like receiving a gift. Yeah, you got because some they're no longer amateur. <laughs> so, like, well, of course, they're no longer amateur. You've got them. You've got them training like like they're professionals. It's just. I don't know. I, I appreciate that it gets them access to elite level coaches, but I just think that if you move the goalposts, then the coaching will spread to different areas as well, so they can access these elite level coaches elsewhere. I just uh, it just annoys me that that people are being forced to do it for free. Right. Anyway, less of being annoyed. <laughs> um, before we end, we'll just quickly jump on the MVP discussion a little bit. Um, Kyrie Irving's been floated up there as a apparent rumor, you know, MVP candidate because he's ridiculously clutch this year. 
um, 65 points in the clutch period, he's got no turnovers as well, which is ridiculous. But his overall stats are actually worse than when he was playing in Cleveland, which is which is weird. I just want to jump on James Harden again. I'm sorry. Every time I come on this podcast, I have to jump on James Harden. But you are really hankering for a James. He's got to win MVP <laughs> this year. I'm so it's it will be ridiculous if he just doesn't. Because I, and I know we've not even seen like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry haven't even you know got out of first gear yet, and they could quite easily just put together an MVP running. But you know, even like some Al Horford looked like they could be dark horse MVP candidates this year. But I don't know what else James Harden has to do to win win it he's one of the best players we've ever seen and he just doesn't seem like yes he gets the credit and yes he plays for the Houston Rockets but like unless he gets he needs to get some form of reward to justify all of this it's it is getting a little bit stupid I mean the Rockets are 13 and 4 they've beat the Golden State Warriors they're top of the Western Conference he's leading the league in points and assists I think at the moment and they're just they are unbelievable and they were unbelievable last year and they were unbelievable the year before and he was beaten out both times and both times I didn't think he should have been beaten out I you if he doesn't win an MVP at some point in his career something's wrong with the MVP award yeah it will go down as as like just one of the biggest how how did this never happen um I I look at it and I want to see, obviously, Chris Paul's only played three games. I want to see how big an impact Paul has on Harden's stats. So I've, I've got a feeling that they're going to dip. But having said that, the first game Paul was back, Harden he looked really 48. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, are, I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting one because the, this Rockets team, I've said it before, is, is so finely tuned to meet the exact specifications of Harden's game that if there's ever going to be a situation where being in the right situation propels you to play at that higher level this is it um if if I, I would have no qualms giving it to him from what we've seen this year but at I, all. and I, I, I say just, that and I openly say that I don't like watching him play no <laughs> a lot of people don't like watching James Harden play either so I think it comes he comes across as arrogant and confident a lot of the time it's very um yes yeah very kobe-esque in in some of that but um i i just think if he doesn't win an mvp award we the nba is going to actually have to come out and clarify what the hell the most valuable player means um because it's it's getting stupid i mean yes russ won it last year but he went and broke a record that had stood for 60 odd years so that's that's understandable the year before steph curry won it because he was he's literally everybody's golden boy for those like two three seasons um, when the Warriors were really, you know, the up and coming big thing, um, now they're just there. They've plateaued. Like, you know, we know they're good, so that's not really bother worrying about them. But like, he's just doing everything. Like, he's had his signature game. He scored forty eight points. He helped them get ninety points in the first half the other night. That was which, ridiculous. Which they had was ridiculous. At the half, and the Warriors had eighty eight for the game. <laughs> I, I looked at the two stat lines, and I was just like what just happened but yeah no that that 90 points and a half and he contributed wow. to 68 of those through wow. like scoring and and assists and then obviously like i said they're already the they're the best team in the western conference uh, eric gordon is is playing through everything and, and looking great they've done all of this without chris paul and he's just he's just doing so much i'm, I'm sorry i'm just saying he's, he should win mvp I, I don't care like he he has so, to, he has to get there if this keeps up for the rest of the season so if, if the, if the Rockets the win 70, uh, 60 games, 
he should get it. Okay, so, the, so let's say the Rockets finish with the number one seed. Let's say, the, 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 yeah, which is going to be a, let's see. Um, <laughs> let's say the Cavs finish one or two in the East and you look at how how LeBron has led this team in, in minutes and everything like that. What would what would nudge you to Harden over over LeBron having lifted a, a Cavs team that's worse than last year up to back up to where it rightly should be? So I, I it's, it, it's it's the stupid the old dog trick, but playing in the Western Conference, you play more games against tougher teams. Yeah, um, well, the the worst team in the 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 worst the, the two worst teams in the East right now have won three games. The worst team. In, well, the, the, yeah, the and then, and then there's the, the Mavericks, who are the exception to the rule in the West. But everyone else is four wins or above in in the um, in the Western Conference, which is a really stupid point to make. But that'll even out over the start of the year, and I don't know. It's it's almost like we need to consider the scrapping the uh, the the conference seedings again. But then it gets stupid. I think they should get rid of the conferences right now. Just, <laughs> yeah, just. Bit him off halfway through the season. Yeah, uh, it, surprise it just, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it just seems a shame that you'll have. If we look at it now, like I don't know, Indiana I, have been I, playing I, above expectations, but the fact that you'll have Indiana make it and you won't have. Well, I know uh, LeBron. I know OKC. the Cavs have been good, right? Or they will be good. We have, we assume they'll be good, but like Houston, the last two years have been record-setting and historic certainly on the offensive end and Mike D'Antoni rejuvenated his career James Harden went from a guy who was like the dude with no beard to the dude with a beard who fell out with <laughs> Dwight Howard who became you know one of the best players in the league and the NBA live cover athlete and like it's it's when you got you got to ditch Kardashians man Tristan Thompson you hear what I'm saying ditch the Kardashians and then you'll be Blake Griffin what is going on with the Clippers we're not even talking spoken about them <laughs> But yeah, James Harden, you know, ditches a Kardashian and goes off and does this. And I just think if if we really take the literal meaning of MVP as being most valuable player, then if you're doing it in stats, you're contributing to team success, you've got the narrative behind you and you've had the signature games. Um, he's How many 48 point plus games has he had in the last two seasons? Six, seven, it's eight? It's ridiculous. A lot? A, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Too many, <laughs> too many to count. I, I, I'd have no problem with him getting MVP the way he's playing. I really wouldn't. Uh, what I'd like to see though is is the MVP. Maybe the only the only issue I have with it is when it comes to postseason because I hate the fact this is just a regular season award yeah, and it'll a, go yeah. down in history as oh the MVP for the season was James Harden, but they might have just got absolutely hammered in the second round because he forgot to turn up again. It's yeah. Oop. I've got a, a breaking bleacher report notification on my phone. Oh no, what's happened this time? DeAndre Jordan is being uh, circulated for trades. I'm not surprised. What they lost now? Nine straight? Yeah, um, Patrick Beverly's injured as well. Yeah, out for the season. That's a huge loss. Mm. See? It says Kardashians, mate. Or Jenners or whatever, whatever they are. Don't I don't care. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's far too late. Um, please check out the website doubleclutch.uk please check out our partners Leaning is it leaning dot, leaning shop.com or have I got that wrong no you, you've got that right it's not the easiest uh, think website it but it's, it's I was on there earlier actually I've I'm fallen in love with uh, the Ushua 11s <laughs> I, honestly I'm just like I need a pair of those um, bonus points we, for we probably actually ought to do a competition you know because I've got 
some stuff to give away. Sat yeah, I, I've I've heard I've heard rumors that you have piles of stash. My my room is actually turning into <laughs> a, a leaning room. A leaning um, room. <laughs> uh, so let's let's do a competition then. Because um, why not? On for the some spot. shoes. Let's, for some shoes. While, while you think up a competition, I've got one. What's your favourite moment already? of the NBA season so far? It's been an incredibly hectic, uh, hectic NBA season. So, tweet us no, or email us. Email us. Do you want to meet? You want to emailed? Yeah, let's email them. Let's keep control of this. Okay, so email admin at doubleclutch.uk with your best NBA moment so far, and let us know your shoe size and t-shirt size as well. Because if I'm going to send you stuff, I might as well send you the right size. Sounds like a good um, idea. And what? announce it on the next week yeah but we'll, we'll yeah, share yeah, some yeah, of the we'll, best we'll, moments and we'll give and, it some lay in time yeah and if you don't want to enter the competition well that's that's your loss because they're pretty cool shoes <laughs> if, um, if you don't want to enter the competition you can um you, you can actually help contribute to double clutch by buying stuff from hardwoodventures.com <laughs> by using our code mwdc8834 and you get 10 percent of all orders five percent of that actually goes back to us which really helps because we've said it before but like this whole thing is us there's no backing or, or whatever here. We get free stuff from Leaning, but you know that's all part of growing their brand and, and helping us out also. So it's a, it's yeah. a like and like thing. And also to obviously check out the rest of the NBA in the UK network. We've got Tub, like we mentioned, uh, Mike Miller and the Drop and Benny Bonsu. Yep, Plug Benny those guys. Yeah. You want to see what Mike looks night. like? That was, a good, that was good fun last night. Good, yeah. good show. Want to check but them out? Yeah, um, the, the shoes, if anyone's interested, are uh, Dwayne Wade culture shoes. So I will post a pic because no one will actually have seen these ones. Can well, we, really can we actually? Can we get an article? Can you get an article up? An article with up. the pic and with the question and with the email and details and everything. Yeah, I'll put something up. Sounds That's like fine. sounds like a good idea. Yep. You can tell this was completely unplanned, people. <laughs> I, well, I've just uh, I've been meaning to do it for a couple of weeks now, but uh, this seemed like a prime time to do it. So yeah, get your entries in admin at doubleclutch.uk, and we'll read out the best ones and see if we agree with you. Fabulous. Um, the website, there's been, well, there's actually been a couple of articles. There's mine, like I mentioned earlier, about Ben Simmons. And uh, Jordan Rowe joined us recently. He wrote an article about the Detroit Pistons and their fantastic 11-6 start to the season. Mike's got something in the pipeline. I'm sure Sean's probably got something in yep, the pipeline. Sean's got, Sean's got something ready to go. Fabulous. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to go and put that on the website. But um, yeah, you can follow us on social media at Double Clutch UK on Twitter. Please do use hashtag UK if you would like to get involved in conversation with like-minded NBA enthusiasts in this country. And obviously we're on Facebook as well. That's Double Clutch UK too. So check us out. If you if you enjoyed the show, please review us on iTunes or, or Stitcher. You can listen to us on Spotify now. Whoop, whoop. I've subscribed. Give myself a round of applause. Yeah, Spotify seems to be quite elite. Or, well, that's probably the wrong word. Select in um, who they choose. First uh, British NBA podcast, podcast on there, there? probably. I, th- I think we can. I didn't, I didn't think of that. I didn't think I, of that. I've not seen another one on there, and I've had a look. So no, uh, let's let's uh, Neil Armstrong that and stick a flag right. Yeah, in we'll we'll take that, and we'll take the UK's longest running NBA podcast, and we'll take the home of the NBA in the UK. <laughs> loving, loving life anyway we'll catch you next week guys enjoy enjoy